This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. So just you know, tell us a little bit about the movie business, how it works. So the theaters are independent of the filmmakers, and I guess you're a separate entity, the advertising. Do, does, this, does, does any of those guys get any of the revenue that you generate from your brand? Or, I mean, how does from your advertising? or What are the economics? How, do, mm-hmm. how does all of that work? Mm-hmm. And if it's a good well, movie versus, like, do you have to pay more for your advertising if you're in front of a a box office hit like you know the Lady Gaga movie versus some bomb or how is there what what has all the economics work? Yeah, yeah I'll explain that to you. So most of the major theaters are uh, are uh, company owned theaters. So whether you go to a an AMC theater or a Regal theater or a Cinemark theater or a Marcus theater or whatever theater you go to, they're they're company owned. They're not franchises like you like m- many people may think. And the theater owners we call them exhibitors actually control the distribution pipes, and they make deals with the studios who control the content. So when you go to a, movie, when you go to a theater to see, uh, you know, you look at some of the big th- uh, films that will be out very soon, like uh, Spider-Man or Mary Poppins or uh, Bumblebee, those are created by studios. The studios make a deal, a business deal, with these exhibitors, these distributors, to play them across their theaters. And these exhibitors work with companies like NCM to create, you know, pre-shows that entertain the customers and create an alternative revenue source. Um, you, you may or may not know this, but in the uh, early 2000s, many exhibitors uh, went through Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the big theaters that you know and love went through Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And what the theater industry realized, taking a page out of, the, out of what cable did, is they needed to create an alternative revenue stream. Of course, cable has a dual revenue stream because we all pay our cable bills and they sell advertising. So the theaters decided, you know, in the early 2000s, wouldn't this be an interesting thing to do? Uh, By the way, back then, I was an employee of ESPN, which is where I spent most of my career before I did this. Mm -hmm. And I came over and helped define, you know, uh, a a model that would create a pre-show that would also be a lucrative revenue source to the theaters. In NCM's case, we happen to be owned by theaters and we're a public company traded on the NASDAQ. Uh, NCMI on the NASDAQ, and we are actually owned and owned by some theaters. Uh, we also work with lots of other theaters who are affiliates of ours, and we've essentially created a network. Our network, the NCM network, is really not much different than the ABC, the NBC, the Fox, or the ESPN network. Hmm. You know, a network is just defined as a group of affiliates that play the same content at the same time. What makes ABC a network? Well, they play, you know, the the same college football game on Saturday afternoon in New York, Chicago, and in Dallas. That's what makes NCM a network. Whether you go to whether you go to that great theater that you go to in Miami, which I'm guess which I believe is Regal, whether you go to that theater in Miami or you go to a theater in in Dallas or in Pittsburgh or or in Philadelphia, we're running that same pre-show in front of the movies, and we allow brands to leverage a national audience. In our case, we oh, reach over 700 million people a year. And, and, and we share the revenue with our theater partners. So that's the commerce side of it. Ah. The commerce side is every time we sell an ad, you know, that dollar is shared between us and our exhibitors. Mm-hmm. And it's a secondary, and by the way, very important revenue stream for those theaters. Mm. So that's part of the reason they're still around, because they have dual revenue streams now. They're not just making their money on ticket sales. 
You bet. As a matter of fact, hmm. they don't make a lot of their money on ticket sales. You know, when you when you go to a movie and you pay ten or twelve dollars for a movie. Oh, they make it on popcorn, the right? <laughs> the fourteen dollars soda is that it, baby? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's clearly an important part of their business model because most of the money you pay for the ticket goes back to the studio. Mm-hmm. So if you saw a Disney picture, most of it's going back to Disney or Warner or Paramount or mm-hmm. or Fox or, or Lionsgate or whoever's picture it is. The majority of the revenue generally goes back to the studio. So the exhibitor really only has two revenue streams. Uh, well, of course, there's some percentage of tickets, but the concession revenue stream is critical to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and art revenue stream. I mean, we, uh, again, we're a publicly traded company, so, you, you know, it's all public. But we provide very significant revenue uh, to the theaters. And a very significant service to consumers because most people go, uh, just like you started up, Barbara, you said, I really get there early because I love the show. Most consumers do love the show. You know, Maria Menounos is our host, and uh, Maria's become very much associated uh, as the face of Nuvi, and uh, and people love to get there early, and, and, and they feel like they have this relationship with Maria, and, and we give them a little bit of an insight, you know, and a little bit of entertainment before the movie. Yeah, it's interesting, and you know, now when they're moving into these dinners and stuff, and they're selling alcohol, like even at restaurants, the margin on alcohol is really high, so that's yet another revenue source, you know, people come, they yep. have a drink, they wait for the movie, mm-hmm. and you'd rather have the drink yep. before the movie starts while the pre-show's on, so it doesn't interrupt the show, mm-hmm. so it, it mm-hmm. all kind yep. of is an entertainment experience that makes sense. And you're going to go for dinner somewhere, so why not go to dinner at the same right. destination you're going to enjoy the movie? And, and again, kudos to the exhibitors. They're building beautiful theaters mm-hmm. with great seating, and the food options are pretty good. Yeah, it's you know, amazing so. to me that these new theaters are opening up. You know, there are right. new theaters, but it, it's not a yep. dying art form. How many times have people predicted the death of movie theaters? It's so funny. Yep. Well, many people predicted the death of radio when television started, yeah. and, you know, and, and many people have predicted the death of a lot of things. But you can't, you know, as long as people are passionate about something, and as long as people, you know, have a true love for something, and I don't care what that is, it's not going to die. Movies are not going to die. As a matter of fact, people watch more movies today than they've ever watched. Now, they may be watching some of them on the, at home, because Netflix has... has, has terrific movies. They may be watching some of it on their phone, but as we talked about earlier, they're going to the theater because it's a destination environment to have an entertainment experience that is unlike any other in the world. Cliff, I want to talk to you about something that you mentioned. You used to work at ESPN, so I'm going to change gears a little bit. And um, given you had that experience at ESPN, I'm curious to know what you think about, like, sports broadcasting and all that. I mean, it seems to me that when you look at live TV or really broadcast TV, it's about sports. I mean, that's all the rest of it you watch on demand or you download. But sports is, to me, what TV, live TV is about or broadcast TV is about. What do you think about that? Well, uh, I, I would tell you that um, um, this is one, one man's opinion, doesn't make me right or doesn't make me wrong, but I believe that the television business in general is going to be about live event television. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the two, the two most vital day parts in the broadcast industry will be sports and news. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's an accident that Rupert Murdoch just decided to sell off his entertainment entities and, um, and is only and primarily going to be in the sports and news business. Um, I think that entertainment television in the future will be subscription-based. 
I think consumers will watch what they want, when they want, how often they want, and often in, in binge mode. And I think that's where the industry is going. And um, I think that, you know, ESPN, you know, where I spent 14 years of my career, um, is in a great position. I think the brand is strong. I think they're uh, a production and, uh, and, um, and sports leader. Um, but, but I think that's where the TV industry will be in, in less than five years from now. I think it will be very much live event driven. People will always want to watch the Oscars. People will always want to watch CMT, uh, the Country Music Awards. But it's going to be about live event television. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, now Amazon is in media, you know, and all these new players are in media. But it's a different model. It's on-demand, subscription. Um, So, But when you sit down and watch TV, the only time I watch TV live is sports. Mm. And I'm not even a sports fan, but my husband is. But it does seem to be on all the time. And it's (laughs) exciting, you know. You don't want to watch that after the fact. It is, and, and, and that's why, listen, if, if you just look at what sports leagues and what sports rights holders, rights holders have fetched in, in, uh, in fees over the next 10 years, it's very evident what's going on and who the winners are. Content owners who own live sports are clearly the winners. Um, I think you'll see more commitment and more bidding and, and more competition for live sports rights than you ever will. Um, but, you know, let, let's not also, um, you know, uh, forget that entertainment television is probably better than it's ever been. There's probably more great television being created today oh, I couldn't ever. agree more. It's just mm-hmm. different. It's, it's different, different, but it's great content. And I do, I agree with you, that binge-watching stuff, that's really fun. And I, I feel like I have much better TV habits than I used to because mm-hmm. I only watch what I want to watch, and I watch it when I want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's, it is. I, the standards of TV, I, I think it's really good, some of the new content. Yeah. It's Pro- really probably better than ever. And, and you know, if you're, a, if you're a 12 to 30 year old, you don't even remember TV the way, mm-hmm. you, know, yeah. uh, you know, 40, 50, 60 year olds remember television. I mean, my 25 year old daughter will never have a television schedule that says, I need to watch this night TV. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. The, old, the old TV guys yeah, that used to come yeah, in and yeah. the little tiny handwriting. Yeah. Is like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Remember really my CTV? Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's really funny how that's just totally changed. You know, and you'll see more of these events like that Tiger Woods event, which was a big bust. I mean, there was all sorts of things that went wrong, but that was an interesting yeah. kind of uh, concept. Yeah, mm-hmm. idea of watching Tiger and what was his nemesis? I forget the other guy's name. Nicholson? No, no. Nicholson. Was that who it was? Nicholson. Nicholson. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and the other guy won, yeah. too. But yeah. I'm a Tiger but fan. That, <laughs> yeah. But that gets back to your point. That was a made-for-TV live event. That right. one happened to be a bomb. But the concept of made-for-TV live events is where television's going to continue to go. And um, to your exact point, that's why the sports business is so healthy, because sports is going to drive live television usage. And for many people, you know, myself included, it's one of the reasons I continue to subscribe to the broadcast networks because I watch a lot of live sports. So I, I think it... Uh, well, I, you know, I think it brings it us back to what you were talking about in the beginning in the movies. One of the things they did at the Brickell City Center uh, when it first opened, I don't know if this will always be the case, but they showed the Oscars in the theater hmm. um, at opening night and they had a big party yeah. there. So, you know, some of these really special... A, f- a fight or a TV, you know, a Tiger Woods kind of event, or maybe a Super Bowl or something. Be kind of cool to see that in the theater too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, we have a we have a sister company called Fathom Events, and we do lots of live stuff that you might have a hard time finding um, on television. For example, uh, we do the Metropolitan Opera out of New York live. Well, if you live in Birmingham, Alabama, or or Dallas, Texas, how are you going to see the Metropolitan Opera live? Well, we do that live in the cinemas. It brings it brings back the cinema for the special thing that it is a fifty foot screen sitting with a bunch of strangers enjoying content yeah, and yeah. Um, you know and it could be live sports um, it could be the Oscars or it could be the Met or or a live concert well but Cliff we are running out of time but thank you so much for joining us tonight it was great to have you and I hope you'll join us again thank and tell you. us how everything's going after the holidays for more insight from Business Radio please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.